Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, a weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene, sponsored by Beer Nuts, premium crunchy coated peanuts for beer. So it is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast Julie and Les O'Grady from Neptune Brewery in the town of Magal, a few miles north of Liverpool. Neptune was founded in April 2015 by Julie and Les and their friend Jeff Wainwright, focused on the principle of brewing quality, consistent beer for all to enjoy. Not content with just founding Neptune Brewery in 2015, that same year Julie also founded the Ladies That Beer Group with the very worthy aim of getting more women into beer. Starting out as a social group in Liverpool, it has now grown to have national recognition built around the aims to engage, educate and empower women who love beer. In May 2019, Neptune opened their tap room in Magal and the business is widely recognised as one of the leading lights in the Merseyside craft beer scene. Guys, perhaps you could introduce yourselves and then tell us what led up to you deciding to launch Neptune Brewery. Hi, I'm Les O'Grady. The reason why we started Neptune, I was long-term in work in my own business and aquatics industry. So my main role was manufacturing aquariums, cabinets and stuff like that, and vivariums for reptiles. And it got to the stage where I've been doing it for most of my working life, 20 odd years, and I was ready for a change of career. From 2012, obviously, the craft beer scene had sort of started kicking off a little bit more in earnest. Yeah. And both me and Julie used to, you know, obviously, we, we, we'd go out, we'd go to beer festivals, and we became friends with lots of uh, people, like-minded people in the city, and some of them happened to be brewers as well. And we became really fo- interested in drinking craft beers. As you said in the original introduction, I was out with my friend Jeff and we were in the pub in the city centre and we were just you know, having a pint and the beer we were drinking was absolutely terrible. And I just turned around to Jeff and said, I'm sure I could do something better than this. I'd never <laughs> brewed a beer in my life. And Jeff went, yeah, I'm sure you could. Bear in mind, we'd had a few beers by this time. That was the conversation. And then... About a week later, I said, I said, you remember we had that conversation, you know, in the pub last week? I went, yeah. So what do you think? And he went, yeah, go on, let's have a go. So we bought a homebrew kit, cheap thing off the internet. It was basically a bucket and a, some syrup and made some beer. And went, God, this is easy. Yeah, no no <laughs> and, expense beer. And then obviously we tried to fiddle about with that a bit and the beer was then obviously not so easy so we we decided you know we we were interested we were keen to sort of experiment with just making beer so we actually invested we you know we've got um a half decent sort of stainless steel you know homebrew kit and once a week you know after work we'd make a beer joined the homebrew club local homebrew club as well so we're going back here probably 2013 ish something like that you know, just sort of got into it. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the plunge. We were making beer, which people said they enjoyed. They were saying, you know, good stuff. Uh, where the homebrew club was hosted, unfortunately, the now closed 23 club, which was, was the original craft beer bar in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who owned that said, I'd buy the beer if you made it commercially. I'd buy it off you. And I was like, okay, that's fair nice. enough. Yep. So, yeah, we, we, I, was, I was ready for the change. And I thought, you know what? Let's have a go. We bought a, a small kit. It was a one-barrel kit. Just thought, if it all goes wrong, we've got a cracking homebrew kit. <laughs> and obviously, if it goes well, then you know, we're on to something. So I packed in doing what I was doing, and the rest is history. So 2015, we got the one-barrel kit, started making beer, just cash beer at the time. Yep. You know, obviously, everything we brew, we sold. And obviously, demand grew locally, and people started asking us for it. 
a year later, we thought, okay, this is working. Upgraded now to the six-barrel kit we've got, and we've knocked on a couple of extra fermenters a couple of times now. So we're now a six-barrel, six-fermenter brew house. Nice. Uh, that's the potted history of Neptune Brewery. And Julie, I understand you were still working full-time during those early years that Les was getting things started and sort of helping out in the evenings. Yeah, as Les has alluded to, we were both beer drinkers. We'd go out and about and enjoy meeting up with friends and festivals. And then he had this epiphany one day when he came home from the pub and says, oh, Jeff and I have been talking. What do you think? And I said, yeah, why not? Let's, you know, let's, let's go for it then. So as he said, yeah, you know, the, the first brew was done uh, on our little diddy kit, which actually houses a beautiful plant in the tap room now. Okay, so good. That's it, nice. it's, it's something lovely that we can say to people <laughs> when we were home brew and that was one of the first kits that we Historical used. Historical artefacts, yeah. I think it's only how big is it, Les? It's a it's a twenty five litre SS fermenter. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's one of the most expensive plant pots you'll ever see. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great. So yeah. yeah, it was very positive the feedback that we got from people, from peers and friends. And I carried on working. I was managing the NHS. I'd been in the NHS for, for twenty one years before mm-hmm. I left. And I still did work in the brewery, even though it was Les's full-time job. On the side, if you like, as in supporting the social media side of things right. and helping with admin work and stuff like that. Because Les could manage on his own for the first 18 months, brewing and doing other stuff. And then it sort of just snowballed every year up until last year we've extended the brewery but i came on board full-time in 2018 right because it was clear that les couldn't manage on his own doing everything but we'd also employed um a brewery assistant slash straight person um mm-hmm. so Adam was employed the year before me because les needed that side of support and obviously financially I was still able to bring some money in. So in the event something went on the right, then we were still okay financial. But as I say, 2018, I came on board then as head of sales and and doing the events and doing admin. Never look back. It's a completely different role to deal with people as I did in my previous Mm -hmm. job. But no, I love it. I love it passionately. Yeah, you know, it's, it's every day can be different, dealing with different people, doing different things in some aspect or, or other. And I'm so proud of where we've got to now, right. you know, and Hex, Six Barrel, and that it has taken five years for a lot of people to get to know us. And it's been a bloody long, hard slog. You know, we've not asked anyone for anything. We do what we do from our own financial as well as our own work. So. Right. But for me, that's what drives me that, you know, we're answerable to ourselves and that's, we've got where we, we, we are through hard work and determination. Jeff is our silent partner, if you like. He, yep. he enjoys beer, but he never wanted to be in like Les and I, um, he's happy to sit out, but he does the things that we hate to do, like the AT. Okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which Les and I are thrilled about. But I'm just made up that I've got at the, if I did, I say the later end of years, my working years, you know, I'd rather have the rest of my working life doing something I'm passionate about. Fantastic, absolutely. It's something that you've built from the ground yeah. up. I think you can be I very proud of, yeah. 
I do yeah. say it's my midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a couple. The one of them was learning to play the bloody guitar. I left yeah, the right. guitar to bottom. <laughs> no, I'm in that. <laughs> so before we get any further, let's talk about this first beer that I've, I wouldn't yep. say I've nearly finished, but I'm I'm a good way down the glass, so I'm really enjoying it. This is your Mosaic Simca Hop Pale, 4.5 percent. I think it's lovely. A light sweet malty backbone but the juicy tropical fruits are very evident there you can't go wrong with mosaic mm. it's a lovely hop and i think it works really well as a single hop slightly bitter finish which is nice to balance the, the, the flavor profile so i think it's a really good summer beer and i could drink lots of these i'm sure people do yeah. that's good to hear i know there was talk a while ago because obviously there's a lot of people on on twitter in the brewing industry and some people say there's no such thing as a single a decent single hot beer but you know i think if you know you've got to mix different hops i personally don't think that's the case there's a lot of really good beers out there that are single hop it's just making sure that you get the balance right using the right ingredients the right malt the right consistency and for us i think mosaic it is a a beautiful hop the lovely aroma as well as the the flavor and i think our, our mosaic actually proves that you know we've got the balance right mm-hmm. as you say you know you've got that bit of malt backbone but you've got the juicy nuts up front mm-hmm. bit of mango papaya going on even bit of pineapple i get everybody's mm-hmm. palate's different so yeah. they'll pick up different <laughs> things and then yes you've got that little bit of a bite on the finish which i mm-hmm. tend to think is orangey grapefruity but again it's different how people's palates are they'll pick different things up but this was one of our very first beers that we brewed a good few years back which Les will tell you about it's been tweaked slightly over the over the course of the years as you say i mean the thing which we always try and get into our beers as you you mentioned is balance Mm -hmm. so the hop profile has been pretty much the same i've down the bitterness a little bit but balanced the malt profile so there's a little bit of crystal malt in there just to give it a little bit of color and you know that little touch of backbone if that makes sense right um it's become one of our go-to beers for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If we do a beer festival, it's always the first one we take. We go, right, we're taking Mosaic because we nice. know people like it yep. and they'll drink it. Um, we've done repeat beer festivals and people have come straight up to the bar and go, have you got that Mosaic? Come on, okay. yeah, there we go. Nice. <laughs> so it, it's sort of, it's one which we've now, I'm, I'm really happy with, with the way it is. It drinks really easily. It's, it's low ABV, 4.5%. So obviously, you know, you can have, you know, two, three, four of them if you if you so desire. Um, it's it's just a good session beer, I think. Now um, it's now one of our well, it it has been for the last couple of years one of our mm. core beers. Right. We have five core beers. Um, Mosaic is one of them that we brew regularly um, because it it sells so mm. well. That's just the story. Um, yeah, even though the names are, are usually tied to sea water or other things to to do with aquatics that we just thought well mosaic it does what it says on mm. the tin so that's why we just called it mosaic. yeah i think you can if you can do a single hop beer i think it makes sense to have the hop in the name of the beer doesn't it yeah. so, just so, so people can can look out yeah. for it that's, or avoid it depending on their, on well, their preference exactly. yeah. that's, yeah. that's yeah. the thing isn't it you know yeah. so i've uh, said that though we did a beer called fugu which was Sriracha Ace. <laughs> and I can't, I don't really like Sriracha Ace. Um, Gavin, who works for us, he is a mad fan of Sriracha Ace, but I'm not a fan. That's a single hot beer, but it's called Fugu. 
which is a pover fish. The uh, yeah, the, that's the, right. If, if it's not, it's got to be can only be prepared by a licensed chef, can it? And if they get the yeah, if yeah. they get the preparation wrong, it's poisonous. So yes, I used to say that about the bait. If you haven't brewed it right, you're down for you know. <laughs> <laughs> And mosaic you would package into to cask and keg. Um, yeah, we do yeah. cask, keg, and yeah. can on this one, so it's yeah. across all formats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the cask, obviously the carbonation or the lack of carbonation, so we say in a cask, obviously gives it a different flavour. Yeah, slightly. So obviously some of the flavours are more enhanced by carbonation, and obviously other flavours peak on cask. We probably probably fifty fifty maybe cask to to keg and can. For this particular beer or across your, your whole range? For this yeah. particular beer, yeah. Okay. Uh, and generally across your, your whole production output? Uh, across the production, we're still mainly cask-focused. Mainly, I think, obviously, where we are, the sort of northwest is still quite a, a cask-heavy area, yeah. Liverpool, mm-hmm. Manchester, sort of Preston areas. A lot of still, you know, it's, it's still a cask-heavy location. But further afield, obviously, we, we do a little bit more keg beer. Probably 70% what we do is cask. Right. And so, were you not forced to pivot a bit this year to sort of up the, the keg or the can production? Um, side to, to yeah, keep, the can yeah. production obviously has gone up and we've been doing um, keg beer out the, out the tap room, uh, takeaway mm. kegs in the, in the tap room. So it's, it's been interesting, obviously, the, the shift in format. And obviously the little mini casks as well, they've, uh, they've gained huge popularity have, as well. Over the last yeah. Few, yeah. Yeah. So we've been packaging into them as well uh, more recently. Nice. Has your cask output picked back up significantly in the last couple of months, or is it still not at its pre-lockdown levels? Um, no, it, it it has it has picked up, not by any means as much as it was pre-COVID, because there's still a lot of pubs that aren't open or bars, mm. and we do know a lot of pubs have said that they're not taking as many nines as they did, mm. or they want pins. Because obviously when they are open, they're limited to the amount of customers that they can have in. So that limits the drinking as well. And understandably, they don't want to be buying beer to to be wasted because it's not being drunk. So, yeah, it's a fine line and and we completely understand Mm. those bars and and pubs. But we have, we do some pins. We don't do many, but we have done a couple of pins to certain pubs that are, are local to to help support them but some of the pubs and bars that would normally take cast they've actually taken keg because obviously mm. it will last that little bit yes. longer yeah so it which is great obviously they're yes. still taking mm-hmm. beer but they're taking the keg more than what they would do mm. it's nice you're still getting the business from them isn't it but yeah. is that not a slightly worrying foreshadowing of future of cast do you think or are you confident it's going to pick back up to, to pre-covid levels when when things settle down it's a tricky one, that. Certain pubs, I think, will definitely, because they're renowned for good cash beer. Yeah. And, you know, that will still go on. It'll be interesting to to see how many people actually go back to the pub who are traditional pub mm-hmm. drinkers. Because, uh, obviously, the older generation, shall we say, obviously less likely to go out. And as a really older generation, are you, you know, your traditional cash drinkers. So it's going to be interesting to see how many or how long it takes for those people to actually feel confident to go back into the pub and start drinking again, uh, obviously when they're allowed to as well. Mm. I'm hoping it's, it does pick up again because Caspian is it's a British thing, which to some degree it's, it's quite maligned by certain people that it's an old man's drink. And so 
I think to some degree it would be a shame if it does start to die off to some degree. But I mean, obviously, we will carry on flying the flag for it. Mm-hmm. So we we don't make just boring brown bitter. Obviously, you know, we drink a mosaic which we put into casks. You know, so yeah. we don't make cheap cask. We make good cask, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of other breweries that make good cask. So hopefully we'll carry on doing that. And then once the confidence returns with people going back to pubs, then, you know, it'll, uh, it'll pick up again. Definitely. Sure, it will to some extent. I think you're right that the real pubs that are renowned for having good cask and, and having a good mm. selection of cask beers will be fine. It's the it, pubs that were borderline whether it was actually worth them having cask in the yeah. first place. And maybe, you know, and it maybe wasn't always in the best condition anyway because mm. they weren't selling it through quick enough. Those are the ones that may not come back, I'm guessing. But, it's already yeah. shown, hasn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. there's been some pubs that have sadly closed down for, for various reasons, mm. whether that's to do with business management poor business management or rent rates they've not been able to pay and the landlord's not been very supportive of them so yeah you know that's a very sad thing that there is less pubs than than what there was and i still think there's going to be more that go before covid's done with us but no i i do actually think that cask will be will be fine because as Les says it's a, it's a good strong British drink thing you know you can't beat a good quality cask beer it's great yet yeah, when it's been roasting like the last couple of weeks we've had the, the decent weather and you have something cold a keg hmm. but when you've got a nice decent pint of, of cask that's kept well there's something special about that the way it looks the way you know it tastes the way it drinks uh, even in these days of global warming, the weather's still crap for nine months of the year, isn't it? So, uh, you know, so there's plenty of time for... Uh... Especially the northwest in Liverpool, yeah. yeah. Up here it is, definitely. <laughs> Very good. Let's talk about your taproom, um, guys, for a little while then. So, as I mentioned in the introduction, you opened it just over a year ago. It's been open for less than a year, I guess, unfortunately, because, mm-hmm. of, the, uh, yeah. because of the lockdown. But you were saying just before we started recording that you're, you're on the verge of, of getting that back open again. Right. Um, well, it was originally, we, we thought about opening it about two years ago and then one thing and another, we just never got round to it because we were busy with the brewery. And then in January, just after Christmas 2019, mm-hmm. we would get more people saying, do you have a tap room that mm-hmm. we can sit in? Can we come to the brewery and drink? Uh, you know, and this was by emails or DM or people verbally saying... And I just said to Les, we really need to do something Mm. now. People um, are finding out about our beers. They want to come and sit in. We've got one end of the building. I just (laughs) said to Les, you know, we we really need to get on with gutting this and um, Mm. doing something and let's open it up. So it took, I don't know, was it four weeks, Les? Four weeks, pretty much, It was just done four weeks and there was like nine of us family and friends and we gutted the room cleaned it scrubbed it painted it you name it you know (laughs) to to get it ready to open and we actually opened it on the last bank holiday in may in 2019 Mm -hmm. it's not salubrious it's not all singing and dancing it's a rustic style if you like That's one description for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's even better than it was now because yeah. since the lockdown, we've we've done some changes to it. So, mm. yeah, we've we've made changes to the walls where they were just painted, plasterboard and painted, and now we've put wood 
all okay. over it, Les. Nice panelling, yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. good. With some panelling from mm -hmm. um, pallets, which have yeah, been sanded Repurposed, that's right, yeah. We yeah. like over upcycling, yeah. we call it these days. Upcycling, yeah. Upcycling, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's made a bark, as I say, Les is very handy mm -hmm. with woods because part of the previous job, as he said, oh, was yeah. in cabinets. So we had like a sawmill yeah. and, and stuff Great. in what was that room. Mm -hmm. And so we've extended the size of the bar. We've moved the bar as well. And it's, it's, it's cozy, if you like. It, the way it, you, people come in and they look and go, oh, isn't this it's lovely? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not massive. Sitting when we're full capacity, we can get 55 people sat. Okay, that's not a bad size. And yeah. about 10 people 15 people standing at the bar right so well, it's not massive well, but it's a decent size yeah busy. you know it, it's good for us but it's we have such a fantastic group of people that come mm -hmm. in um the tables that we've got are long tables they're not all individual like right, communal kind of thing yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah people jump on and then nice. you know yeah. some tables are six people other times so there might be a group of two and then three on one and whether they like it or not, it forces people <laughs> in some respect. Yeah, you've got to sit next to somebody you don't know. But... Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's what's great. And that's what the feedback mm. we get. People love that. They say, you know, it's nice that, you know, they see people out with the dogs and just smile at them. And then next thing, they're sat next to them in the tap yeah. room. And, you know, they start chatting. We have background music. Les mm -hmm. does his... Um, Les gets his guitar out, does he? Oh God, no one will tell on anymore. Uh, um, have they clear the place? <laughs> Les has his Spotify tunes and yeah, it's nice background music. We you know, we we do different lists. There's no television, we're not interested. No. Pubs round if people want to go and watch the football. No shortage of that, no, certainly, yeah. So it's about sitting and chatting and mm -hmm. just enjoying the time, you know. We do allow well, we, we did allow children up to six o'clock and right. um, we do allow dogs as well mm -hmm. because during the day there was more you know we get groups in but a couple of parents were coming with the, the, the kids because every saturday we'd have a food vendor as nice. well yeah so yeah, they come yeah. in you know a couple of drinks something to eat no matter you know whether it was big as pizza or you know kebabs whatever uh, and then off they go with the children so then it, the last like four hours would be adult time mm -hmm. And yeah, it worked really well, you know, even though there was the occasional kids that were there, we didn't get a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just a nice atmosphere. Yeah, and that's what people say. It's quite cosy. It's a good atmosphere. The beer on the bar, we have eight. Yep. Six are keg beers and two are cask. Right. And obviously then we have our cans as mm -hmm. well. A range of different cans, and we do also have non-alcoholic beer as well, because uh, obviously not everybody's uh, drinking for whatever reason that is. Right. Soft drinks, we do have some wines, we do have gin and vodka, but that's it. We don't have stock a full bar because it's about. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you need to do. You know, as you say, yeah. you need to offer a few choices, wine and spirits. That's sufficient, yeah. isn't it? And, yeah, we uh, don't want to alienate no. anybody, no. whether it's a man or a woman who doesn't drink beer. Mm -hmm. But we don't stock a full bar because that's not what we're, what we're about. 
know, we're, we're a tap room, but we do understand that everybody, I don't know, rather stupidly doesn't like beer, but there you go. <laughs> can't, can't fathom that at all. But, you know, it's, no, it's, no, a master, it's a master stroke to let dogs in because there's always going to be somebody that says, oh, I'm just off to take the dog for a walk. Five minutes later, they're in the tap room. So, you know, that's, mm. uh, that's always got to be. We, we have it's a great excuse to, them, to nip out for a couple yeah, of beers, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I was a, well, the guy who came last week for his takeout, oh, what, I can't remember the dog. I can't, I, we know all the dogs' names as, as a <laughs> rule. And not, not the people, the people who <laughs> but he says he, he walks the dog and when when i open the dog sits down and won't won't move he thinks she can go in the tap room yeah so it's that like we've got you know and these wines are coming and everything so mm. oh obviously we ply the dogs with treats because we're not soft you know obviously give yep. the dogs treats they want to come back gotta be done so yeah when they yep. come back then you know that's it gotta have some so, biscuits yeah but no it's yeah. uh it's a good atmosphere with the mm-hmm. dogs and um you know, it's uh, it's just nice. And the people too. And the yeah. people too. <laughs> a lot I, of people. I think people so, someone well. someone did do a review, didn't he? Because obviously, if you look, it's basically a, a white PVC door you walk through. Mm-hmm. There's no window in it, and someone said it's weird. You open this white door, and inside it's full of people and dogs <laughs> drinking beer, and it's wonderful. Because from the outside, you wouldn't know what was behind that white no. door. Yeah. So, you know, it was a nice review. That, when yeah, like, oh, it, was, it was great, you know, and um, a lot of the people we've got in are obviously regulars from, from the local so, area. So you're in a, about 20,000 population, is that? I thought yeah, when I was doing a bit of background like that, yeah. on Muggle. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a it's a decent enough size, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. don't need you don't want twenty thousand people in there. As long as there's a hundred that yeah, comes in regularly, not. then you're then you're in good shape, yeah. aren't you? So, so, so just tell me quickly about the opening, the reopening plan. So on a Friday, we're still doing our takeout. So we yep. normally open the tap room Friday and Friday night, and all day Saturday. That's our normal opening hours. We only do right. two. We were planning to do Sundays this year, but obviously that's gone mm-hmm. by by the wayside. So we're still going to do our takeouts on a Friday. So people yep. who actually don't want to still go to the pub or whatever. They can still come. They can get the draft beer takeouts. Nice. They can get the cans or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, we're doing two sittings. So we're doing an afternoon sitting and we're doing an evening sitting. Right. So uh, that helps us obviously manage the people who are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing it on an email system only. So you're so booking, booking by email, yeah. Pre-booked. So you book the session. So you book uh, two and a half, three hours in the afternoon and i think it's three and a half hours in the evening mm-hmm. so you've got the table for the for three hours if you want it you've got it for two hours if you want yep. to it's your table and obviously then we can we've got the the person who books on email we've got all the details for track and trace sure yeah and obviously we're going to be at reduced capacity due to the the social distancing but it's just going to be nice to get people back in. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, having conversations for more than two minutes, going, hello, how are you? There's your beer. Someone <laughs> else is waiting. Goodbye. So Nice to pour in glasses. Great <laughs> to pour in glasses instead of milk yeah. cartons. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think we, we've worked out the capacity is going to be 32 okay. if yeah. everybody books and fills the slots. Yeah. Obviously, some people, if, you know, if there's a table for four and there's only three people on it, it will reduce the capacity. But it's a suck it and see to start with. And we'll just, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. And that's and effective from this Saturday. Let's... That's this Saturday, yep. yeah. Okay, great. Um, we're not going to do what... We've got some food vendors, haven't we, coming in? Not every Saturday. Um, we did have 
someone booked in every Saturday for this year, um, but mm. obviously with the way things have gone, but some food vendors are happy to still come along. Yeah. So because obviously they've been they've been hit by all the situation. Yeah, that's oh, it's, right. it's. I mean, there's there's so many sort of peripheral businesses that mm. you don't you know you just don't even yeah. think about, do you? But you yeah. know, so many people set themselves up as a sort of the ecosystem around beer in general and yeah. and, and tap rooms mm. and pubs in particular. Yeah, it's a, mm. it's very unfortunate. Yeah. Please join me after a short break for more from Les and Julie from Neptune Brewery. This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast is sponsored by Beer Nuts. Beer Nuts is a British company inspired by the European fashion for pairing savoury snacks with different beer styles. Beer Nuts are premium crunchy coated peanuts and come in three great flavours, classic, masala curry and jalapeno. They are packaged in 100% recyclable, plastic free single serve cans and are vegan friendly. Next day delivery is available from their web shop at beernuts.co.uk, spelled B-I-E-R. Beer Nuts are the ultimate beer pairing snack, perfect for pubs, taprooms, bars, bottle shops and more. For details of a special offer, please see page 7 of our weekly newsletter at thisweekincraft.beer. So I'm back with Julie and Les O'Grady from Neptune Brewery. And Julie, I'd like to start the second half of the show with a conversation about the Ladies at Beer Group. I mentioned in the introduction that this was something you started in 2015. Can you give us a bit of background to it and you know, talk to us about how it's evolved and what, yeah. what the future is for um, Ladies at Beer? It was started February 2015. It was an idea that I had from visiting lots of beer festivals, going to pubs, looking around and finding that the majority of people drinking beer were, were men and I was thinking where's the women it just seemed very strange and then the more it got into my head the more I was thinking when I was at pubs yet yeah, there's what is that reason so I've got a great group of, of friends who were into their beers as well I put this idea to them we were in a pub one night and I said I've got this idea of starting this this group and it was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek instead of ladies that lunch, you know, ladies <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that beer. And I just said, what do you think about starting something? Initially, you know, a social group, and then we can move on to education, getting more women involved into drinking beer, supporting women who already do drink beer, mm-hmm. um, and then going on to, to educate him. And they were like, yeah, this is this is really great, fantastic idea. So it, it started, as I say, February 2015 before the brewery became professional. And it was then basically an idea as well, not just about getting that side of women to, to come and support them drinking and education, but it was also to support the pubs as well, right. uh, which in turn then would support breweries because obviously the more beer you drink, technically, obviously the more beer that definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Mondays and Thursdays tend to be a quieter day anyway for the pubs and bar industry. So we said, okay, well, we'll do nights out one of those days and we'll mix it up because obviously there may be people on shift. Yeah, some people can't always do a Monday or Tuesday or whatever. So that's what we we did and we said we'd start in our own city first, Liverpool, Mm -hmm. and support. So we we literally meet every month. Well, we did do through COVID. So yeah, we, we met on a monthly basis and we would choose two pubs or bars or tap rooms to to visit and you know, we would go and have a couple of drinks and we put out on social media where we're going to be and what we're doing. And it sort of crescendoed from from there, really. 
it got more popular, more women attending for various reasons. The friends didn't drink beer, they didn't think it was for them, and they loved beer, or women who wanted to learn more about beer. So as time went on, we then started doing more educational things as well. Mm. So while it was still in a social setting, we would do bottle shares right. as well bottles that we would either be in a pub and we would say right this is the tasting and it'd be x amount of you know money for so many bottles yeah. or whatever we will share or some tasting events that we asked people to bring their own bottles mm-hmm. to in a private room that we'd hired we've done off tastings we've done cheese and beer events mm-hmm. as well so it's mixing it up just to bring something a little bit different and showing women that there's a whole different side to beer to what they may think is yep. just a man's drink you know, it, it's a liquid that has no sex it is you know it's a beautiful liquid that comes in many different forms absolutely i mean you know there's never been a broader range of, no, of, of no. styles and tastes now than, 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 not. Than, no yeah. so many different flavors and, and ranges so yeah, so when somebody says, whether it's a woman or a man, I, I, I don't like beer, and you say, why? I just don't like it. It's not nice. And you say, well, you just haven't found the right no, one. Yes, it's absolutely. impossible to say yeah. you don't like it because, say, the spectrum, there is more styles and different types of beer out there than what there is wine. Mm. Um, so it's just finding the right one and tailoring that to your palate and then mm. educating yourself. And so we have been accused previously when we first saw being men haters and it's nothing to do with that we've had men who have actually turned up we've not turned them away (laughs) but men predominantly do drink beer the majority of men do drink beer they do go out in their groups they do go out on their own and stand at the bar they don't get any hassle this is a safe environment for women to be able to socialize or to come on their own without fear of reprisals for anything you know we're open group it, you know it, we've got lgbt members that come under lgbt you know mm-hmm. people with disability different ethnicities we are an open group we you know and that's the, the good thing as well it, and it's nice yeah. to be able to welcome we have women that come on their own coming in you know twos or threes and if you come on your own you you leave as as a friend yep. um there's been so many wonderful friendships that have been made and it's not just local women we get we get women that come from manchester leeds or preston Mm. and various other places and we do travel around we do make sure that a couple of times a year we do travel around to different cities you know sheffield huddersfield london and we do try to put on some events so yeah very good and some collaboration brews as well Yes, yeah, we've been very lucky that we've we've been asked over the time to do some collaboration brews with Marble was a, a brewery, Marble in Manchester, yes. friend with, yep. with, with Jan, and we were invited over a couple of years ago to, to brew with them, and yes. we did a saison called Tenonus. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we we brew with with Neptune as well. So yeah, we've done, you know, and we're always open to to brewing because, you know, it's always usually a good day, a fun day, and it's nice to see how other breweries operate. And again, it's it's education. And this is run mainly through a Facebook group, Julie? Uh, No, we do it through three different formats, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have a bigger following on on Twitter. We tend to be more 
vocal if you like on on twitter than what we do facebook and and, and instagram but i have to be honest that the last since i say covid things have been a little bit slow on on ladies that beer because most of my time you know even though there's a couple of other people who also have access they've been busy doing other stuff yeah every, everybody's fighting for, for, for their own businesses right now aren't they so yeah yeah, yeah. so for me i've taken my finger off the the pulse a little bit but once things you know begin on the upturn where we can actually all go out without that fear then you know we will be back you know fighting fit and kicking off so if anybody wants to get involved they can they can reach out to you on on any of those three channels absolutely uh, yeah Yeah. all you know and whenever we go out we always post a couple of weeks in advance where Mm -hmm. we're going to be and people can message us for further information but yeah you know anybody is welcome uh, to come out and have have a good time this next beer it's on the bounty 5.8 percent chocolate and coconut stout cacao yeah. and coconut are the primary flavors but i do think the the hops bring a nice citrusy bitterness to it as well which is which is appreciated yeah, i think for me uh, you can the hops are subtle i think in this mm-hmm. but you, your sriracha has got that coconut mushroomy mm-hmm. flavor i think but i think the chocolate and the coconut work really well with it yeah and um, it, it brings it all together. This beer was actually Les's. I, I think it was 2017, 2017-2018, whichever year it was. And it was for the Liverpool Craft Beer Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, we were thinking of something, obviously a new beer to, to launch at the festival. And stouts, as a rule, don't sell in the summer, as a rule. Right. Or they slow down the sales. We thought, you know, let's try something that's a little bit more summery in a stout. So obviously, coconut's quite a summery. So I thought, okay, let's let's do a chocolate and coconut stout. I actually split it. I made a chocolate stout, and then uh, we made the same beer with the coconut added. And we originally it was called On the Bounty. Well, it was Mutiny on the Bounty. Yep. And Off the Bounty. Off the Bounty didn't have any coconuts in it. Ah, okay. Uh, nice. See what you did and then. And we thought, well, <laughs> yeah, we thought we'll, we'll, we'll try and just see what the see what the feedback is on, on both of the beers. Because, you know, obviously a, a chocolate stout is, is quite nice on its own. So we put this chocolate uh, coconut stout on at the, at the festival. Um, people loved it. They would keep coming back for, oh, that's a really nice beer. Blah, blah, blah. It was amazing. So it was meant to be like a one-off beer for the festival. Hmm. And obviously people enjoyed it. And uh, it was one of them things we were like, okay, we'll call this our summer stout then. You know, it's a stout we can brew in the summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we tend not to brew it in the winter because, you know, we do other, we, we do other dark beers. So yeah, it's so one we sort of... April to September is when we tend to brew. Yeah, yeah. so it's one, it's one that we now do sort of spring, summer, maybe into autumn. And then we, we, we sort of leave it off for the winter again and then let people get excited again for the following year for it. Strangely enough, we've never done off the bounty since. <laughs> Oh yeah, people love it. Yeah. And I do yeah. think it's got the right balance. You get mm-hmm. the chocolate first. I think it's it, you know it's quite smooth. It, it it's rich, and then you get on the finish. I think you get the the mm-hmm. coconut coming through, and I yeah. think that's just about the right amount. It is a sweet style of of stout. I think it's 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 lovely. Tastes great on cask as well. You know, it's fantastic right. cold mm-hmm. and carbonated. But on cask, it, it, you know, with a nice creamy head mm-hmm. and everything. So, yeah, this year, as I say, it's been, been yeah. canned. And it was actually Adrian Tierney-Jones, yep. uh, who's a journalist, who mm. you may know. Very and well also known. Yeah, yeah. 
right? Yeah, he's lovely Adrian. Mm. He actually put it as his beer of the week. Really? Uh, nice. Last week in the Daily Star. Very good. Said, yeah, he had it as his beer of the week. Um, nice. He really in, enjoyed it, so that, you know, which was great. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we are quite proud of that. That's terrific. He's based yeah. in the southwest, isn't he? Somewhere? I don't know. He's, yeah. he's, he's an exercise. Yeah, I was going to say, exercise, I know he's not up your way. Yeah, Ifta, because he talks about the pursuit of hoppiness, his, his, uh, yes. his local craft beer pub. I know yeah. if you've been for you, it's a long way for you to go down there, but yeah. if you do get down to Exeter, lovely little pub, the pursuit yeah. of hoppiness. You can't go wrong in there. You know, I don't know, but eight, eight, eight cask and eight keg lines, I think, something like that. Anyway, tiny little pub, but beautiful, right. beautiful space. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we digress. I, I don't want to let you move off the subject of uh, winter dark beers without telling me a little bit more about your range. So, so what do you do in the winter? We have our, our core stout, if you like, which is the one we brew most of the year, is Abyss, which is a 5% oatmeal stout. Mm-hmm. Straight up, no messing about, just a, a good stout. We've won a couple of festival, beer at the festivals with it and stuff like that mm-hmm. over the years. And it's just it's just a good, easy-drinking oatmeal stout. So that's our one that we do all the time. Yeah, yeah. We do Molly, which is a dry Irish stout, 4%. And then we do. We have a yearly, a yearly one which is called Medusa's Gaze, which is an American style stout. So obviously, it's a bit more on the hoppiness, and obviously mm. amped up on all of the other flavours, like most American beers are. Yeah. So that's a seven percent. So we only brew it once a year, normally around about March time. Right. And then we battle age part of it for the winter. So mm, we'll brew nice. it. We we'll release the, the the initial the initial batch will come out. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, sort of late spring. And then uh, the battle age stuff comes out, you know, round about Christmas time. So. And what barrels have you got this year's uh, batching? Uh, this year it's sitting in a Maker's Mark bourbon and a Jim Beam bourbon barrel. So mm, we've got, uh, we'll have we'll have two batches. Uh, last year's was Buffalo Trace and Wild Turkey. Uh, so good. So. Okay, excellent. So yeah, so it's, it's sort of a we we don't have a battle aging program as such, but we do dabble a little bit with battle aged beers. It, it you know gives us a bit of interest as a brewery just to you know to see how the beers develop in wood and obviously yeah. with the you know with, with the flavours that obviously whatever was in the wood before. Uh, so it, it's it's nice and it sort of it keeps a bit of interest and obviously it builds a bit of anticipation as well for the battle aged version that comes out each year. Every single conversation I have with a brewery, I end up sort of adding something to my travel schedule for the year. So I now know that I need to be in uh, Magul in uh, December. <laughs> uh, well, we, we may well put some of it into cans this year. Ah, right. I'll keep an eye out for that as well. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been uh, interesting. You know, there's been, um, there's been a few barrel aged, stouts going into can this year and i think that would have been sort of sacrilege mm. or considered sacrilege two or three years ago but vocation in particular in um there where are they hebden bridge i think yorkshire aren't they yeah. they um they've been getting some i mean i had two of them they've been they've been releasing some fantastic barrel aged stouts this year you know the past two or three months it really i think surprising a lot of people who who might have had them tagged as a tesco's focus yeah. brewery these days but really their imperial barrel aged stouts have, have been fantastic this year so uh, mm. yep they are very very uh, versatile brewery vocation i would like to pivot back to the conversation that we l- alluded to in the break julie which is the everyone welcome initiative this is something that i'd have to confess i'd never heard of prior to 
about 18 months ago when um, Double Barreled opened their tap room in, in Reading, which is uh, five miles up the road from where I live. And they, they have it prominently displayed in the, in the bathrooms and on the wall of the, the tap room uh, mm. as, a, as a charter that they run their business by. And, and, you know, and I read it and I thought, yeah, that, that really is something that we all ought to be more mindful of. So talk to me about your background with, with that organisation and why it's important and you know, why more businesses should be focusing on it. It was the brainchild of Melissa Coe, mm-hmm. one for people I'm sure who do know her, but she's a, a journalist, she's also a beer and food writer. And it was her idea initially that she wanted to have something that would make people feel comfortable and easy and welcome, basically, going into any hospitality venue. So she reached out to a number of people, including uh, myself, uh, men and women, to gather our thoughts and what do we think is important and and what should we be doing to enable people to to come in, whether, you know, through disability, ethnicity, sexual orientation, those various, that umbrella, that to be able to to get people in that feel comfortable um, bars, uh, public houses to, to support that as well. So, yeah, you know, we all threw our ideas in about what we wanted to have included in, in this. And Melissa then sort of pulled it, it together. And it basically, as you've seen, yeah, we've got it in our tap room. It's up on the, the toilet walls as, as well. Um, it's it's evidencing what we believe in, something that shows that what we're not prepared to put up with, what we will put up with, what we won't put up with. And that anybody who comes in, when it's up on display, anybody who comes in knows that they've got a safe place, that they can feel free from fear of intimidation under any of that umbrella, that they will be supported by that as well. And and that that's the the, the gist of it really. Um, um, yeah, we're I'm proud to be involved along, as I say, with, with you know the other people who were involved in in getting us up and running. You know, I say again, you know, fantastic idea from yeah. from Melissa. And I'm glad to say that we've not had anybody that we've we felt we've had to speak to, or even remove from the the tap room. That's been offending people through mm. what is on everybody welcome initiative so you know when it, it, the more people that actually get involved and support it then the, the better really hopefully just by displaying the charter you're you're setting the tone for your organization aren't you and and the, yeah. and so just purely by having that on the wall i think people are much more likely to to respect it and you know behave within those those very reasonable boundaries so yeah, exactly. i think it's great you know, to be fair i think it's um it's a code it's a code of conduct for just life in general not just it shouldn't just yeah, be for absolutely. bars and tap rooms Definitely. it should be the way everyday life is but obviously if you know anything we can do in our space to make people feel comfortable is beneficial to everybody eventually be it, it, it you know it, it should be in restaurants it should be in shops it yep. should be in work every workplace not just in tap rooms and bars but obviously you know well, to be honest i'd like steps. to think eventually there'd be no reason for it to be up one no, day because there shouldn't agree, yeah. ever yeah. be any of that you know it's it's a small steps like this that can make a massive impact 
So if oh. anybody listening to this wants to find out more about everyone, welcome. Um, will it, where do they need to go? What do they need to do, Julie? Uh, the website, Melissa's and set up a website. And I'll put a link in the show notes, but that web address is everyonewelcomeinitiative.com. And they'll be able to get the information about what the, the charter is. Um, and they can actually download and print off that as well, like what we've done, mm-hmm. and you know, put it up in, in their businesses. And I say it doesn't have to be just for, for pubs. It can be any business whatsoever that you have, obviously, the general public that come in. I've been lucky enough to come to Liverpool a couple of times this past winter, overnight stays with some good beer, particularly in the Dead Crafty Beer Co., where uh, I had a really good couple of evenings, actually. I was there the last, the, the night before Beer X, which was the, literally the week before lockdowns, so yeah. as recently as I could possibly have come. But uh, Liverpool is a, is a vibrant beer scene. You guys are 10 miles or so removed from that, but, but still part of it, I'm sure. You get involved in, in the Liverpool Beer Week, the Beer Expo and so forth. Talk yeah. to me about Liverpool as a, as a beer scene and, and what people should know about. As we alluded to earlier, uh, Northwest is still quite cask heavy, but we do have a great depth of good, proper pubs, which obviously sell good cask beer. You've got Dead Crafty, who are probably now the, you know, the, the most renowned craft beer bar in the city. Mm-hmm. And then over the road, I don't know if you managed to get into the Ship of Mitre. I didn't actually, um, no. Yeah, so the Ship of Mitre is over the road from them. They obviously, they do a, a mixture of, they're sort of up in their keg game a little bit now. Mm-hmm. You've got more, probably still more traditional than modern, but you've got enough modern to make it, you know, make it a good day out, irrespective of what you want to drink. And there are, there's a few more places popping up. Obviously, you know, the situation at the moment has, has put the brakes on. I think a couple of places opening. But I think there's a couple of new bars opening in, in, in the near future. Hmm. Uh, well, yeah, there's one, a new one uh, that's opening actually on Dale Street itself, isn't there? Yeah, on Dale Street. Yeah, so the there's a new one open on Dale Street. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. I think they're also going to be a mixture of cask and keg. But yeah, I mean, obviously it's good. We've got um, in the city centre, there's a couple of breweries. I think there's three breweries now. We've got tap rooms as well. So you can obviously drink the beer from the source. You've got Black Lodge, you've got Carnival, right. you've got Love Lane, uh, all in the city centre. Those center. are all in, in the, same, um, the same area, aren't they, down by the old docks? Or, yeah, yeah, Carnival's a little bit further removed, but it's only like a 10-minute walk away. Yeah. And then you've got um, a couple of new places in the Albert Dock. You've got Turncoat, which is a gin distillery. Mm-hmm. They've just opened in the Albert Dock, but they also do, obviously, they've got a good beer selection in there as well. Um, so, yeah, it's getting better. If you'd asked us this question two or three years ago, we probably went, mm, yeah. it's still <laughs> quite, you know, still quite traditional. But, yeah, yeah, there's a lot more places opening up now, which, you know, makes it an interesting pub crawl with, with good variation. Right. Yeah, the thing definitely. is, you know, there's nothing wrong with tradition. A lot of people yeah. who come into the city centre, tourists, if you like, they like that side of things. So, yeah, they, 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 yeah. they want to see those big absolutely. old traditional city centre pubs, don't they? And, and there's some great examples said, in Liverpool, aren't there? Absolutely. Um, you know, you've got the, the dispensary, which is actually just being taken over the last couple of months. Mm. Uh, which yeah. is, you know, is a great pub inside, and and the the beers have changed slightly, but the the for the best in in some respects, as in more different styles of, of beer, the quality was always spot on. Um, right. You know, you've got the mm. the grapes in Night Street, which is known for being one of the best pubs in the city. The cask beer yeah. uh, is in fairness, you well can't kept. move for brewers generally in the grapes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good sign, aren't it? There's always two or three brewers in there, at least, and they have a good keg range. Yeah, so there's a there's a good mix, I say, from the old style pubs 
to the newer bars that are, are opening. We've got Bundabust as well now. Yeah, well. Bandabas. Yeah. I love it. Uh, the same day I was talking about when I was up in in March, I went to Bandabas. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, we were a, over a big yeah, fan to, of Bundabas. I've been to Leeds and Manchester as well, actually. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we actually did a collab with Bundabust when oh, they nice. first opened. They asked mm-hmm. us if we'd brew a cast beer mm-hmm. with them, which was fabulous. And we called it Fairy Okras the Maisie. Because they do ladies' fingers, don't they? Okras, so <laughs> okra fries. So instead of fairies across the maze, fairy okras the maze. Oh so, yeah, that was a, a, a good yeah. pun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, and that that was a really nice beer, a lot of positive feedback. So nice. yeah, we love mm. to Boston. We're so glad that the. They're in the city, not yeah. just for the food, but they have a great range. And it's actually yeah. the biggest one as well, I think, isn't it? It's because yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's upstairs. You know, I guess they can mm-hmm. afford a bigger sort of footprint yeah. of a venue, or whatever. But it's really yeah. big in there, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's, I don't know about yeah. hundred, at least a hundred people. I should think they can see. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one good thing at the moment with this awful situation we're in is that they've got no problem with the the social distancing no. because yeah, yeah. it's a decent mm. size. You know, but the staff are, are lovely as well. Mm-hmm. The clues or yeah, and that's one of the most important things that I think as a, a drinker in general is being able to go into pub bar mm. and having staff serving you that are knowledgeable. There's Definitely. nothing worse. And, you know, it's happened to all of us where you go mm. in and, and you want an explanation on that beer. What does it taste like? And it'd be great if you've got an idea of what the hops like, the mosaic, you say, yeah, this is a single hop pale. Yeah. You know, and this mm. is what it, the flavour got in so you know that's really important to think as well to be able to give people an idea of what they're going to be drinking and also offering tasters Mm. Uh, we do when people come into to the tap room we'll give them a two or three let them have a taste see what they think from what their palate is or you know the style of the, the beer but education from the other side of the bar is important as well and learning how you keep beer that's the other important thing. Bloody hell, the amount of pubs I've been in over the years. Um, the lines you can tell have not been cleaned well. Um, and the beer's mm. been flat or it's oxidised. It's yep. been left on for too long. All this goes hand in hand. Definitely. Mm. So I do have a penultimate question for you guys. And this is to um, give a shout out to the little guy. And I'm, I'm looking for you to mention a a local beer-related business that our audience needs to check out the next time they're up your way. And it doesn't necessarily need to be, it can be a brewery or it might be a pub or it might be a bottle shop or it might be a cafe that serves beer or it might be something else entirely. But who should we be aware of? And, you know, it'd be nice to send some, some business their way. I've got one. Um, there's a pub, actually, there's a pub. He, he literally opened uh, a week before lockdown um, and it's called the Little Tap Room in Egg- on Egbeth Road. The guy Simon and his partner Aggie have opened that up. Mm. And Simon's been around the pub game for a few years, and they've opened up this li- cracking little pub. In obviously, as as most micros are in a, in, a, in an old shop. Yeah. Uh, but they're looking after the beer superbly, and they've already got a cracking reputation for good quality beer. And yeah. obviously, since since the pubs have reopened. The managing the social distancing and all the other issues as well, apparently excellently. Uh, so I would say give Cyan Aggie a shout on there in Upper right. uh, just outside of the city centre in the south south end of Liverpool. So right. that's my that's my one. Okay, one 
I would say it, it's a, a pizza shop and she's recently started selling a lot more different styles of beers as well. Um, and it's called Two Cents Pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikki, and it's not a massive place, but they get a lot of custom. It's becoming very popular and she's selling a lot of different beers and she doesn't do drafts she does cans and she does the mini casks and kegs okay um so she's introducing people to different beers Ormskirky and and her team um and then you've got in liverpool city center you've got chapters of us which is jen and natalie who've opened up a during the day you can go for your coffee and your cake mm-hmm. and things and then of an evening you can go for a couple of beers nice or, like a, yeah they, they, these are you, you know, know becoming quite fashionable aren't yeah. they sort of dual purpose yeah. venues and yeah. that's that it's um, really good and yeah. they have a good good range of, you know they do cocktails as well mm. as wine they have a good range of beers on as well and it's it's very welcoming it's a lovely atmosphere as well and mm. it's nice that it's it's run you know by two women as well Yep. Uh, women in business, women getting involved in beer as well, the same as, as Nick. Yeah. Um, I, can, no. I can vouch the wine in Chapters of Us is very good after Any. Sunday after Sunday evening. Oh dear. Uh, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday evening, Six, rather. You can't even remember Saturday. I can't remember what day it was. <laughs> I do have a wrap-up question for you guys, and this is what would be your ultimate happy hour? Where would you be, who would you be with, and what would you be drinking? And I'd like an answer from each of you, please. For me, I would say, who would it be with? That's a, a no-brainer. It would be with my family. Right. Um, Les, obviously, we've got two fantastic daughters. One, unfortunately, at the present moment in Melbourne, in Australia, during their lockdown. Yeah, but that's... yeah, Sarah and Rebecca and their, their partners, we all love you know, socialising together. And family is very important to me, and they take a big interest in what we do as mm-hmm. well, and, and their partners. So, yeah, for me, it would be family where, anywhere. It doesn't matter to me, to be honest, Rob. Mm-hmm. I, I'm quite happy to be anywhere where I'm comfortable, we're relaxed, and we're together. It doesn't matter whether it's a bar, it's a pub, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a restaurant. It's just being comfortable and, and happy in the surroundings and with the people that i am right so it doesn't matter to me what i'm drinking or such or or eating that's for me personally if the weather's good that always helps instead of i can't, I can't press you on a on a preferred drink in your glass uh, for me people ask this people do say <laughs> to me and, and i don't want to go off on one but do you know what no I, I can't okay. say even one of our beers i couldn't say oh yeah i love nelson sales again oh. i love azalee it depends on the time and the place for Circumstances, me. Circumstances, yeah. yeah. That matters massively to how I'm feeling, what I want to drink, and how I'll feel about that. So it depends for me on this. On there's loads of beers I, I love, but for that one particular drink to be able to pin it down, then I find that very hard. Okay. To do. Fair enough. Thank you. How about you, Les? Well, Rob, for me the same company. Um, yeah. I would be drinking. Oof, I would be drinking cash beer, probably stout. Yeah. And depending on where it is, if it was in Liverpool, it would be in the grapes. Okay. In in Roscoe Street, uh, Roscoe Street, Knight Street corner. 
just because it's a pub you just feel at home in. Mm-hmm. It's got a really eclectic mix of people, customers. The beer is always good. Mm-hmm. And even if you go in on your own, you'll end up speaking to somebody, you know, or you'll know you'll know somebody in there. Right. So that is uh, in in Liverpool. That's that one. Oof. Other than that. I've got a soft spot for the Marble Arch in Manchester, and it'd, right. be, one of, it'd, yeah, one of, it'd be one of Marble's casks. Yeah. So, and again with the same company, I'm quite a simple soul. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the both of us are. You know, we know what mm. we like and what makes us happy, and it's not necessarily being in crowds of loads of people and. To be yeah. fair, though, in Liverpool, you 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 never on your own, or you you always you you always end up bumping <laughs> into somebody you know, uh, yeah, drink with them or a chat. So you know, it's uh, yeah, it's that's one of the things about the city that you. It's can quite a sociable. Well, it's friendly anyway. I mean, I you know, I don't know anybody yeah. who lives in Liverpool, but I've never been out in Liverpool and not ended up yeah. chatting with people, you know, yeah. endlessly. Yeah. Honestly, it's you know, it's it's a welcoming place, and uh, yeah, we'll chat you whether you like it or not. Definitely, yeah. no, it's one of the, <laughs> one of the great charms of, of the city. <laughs> <laughs> very good guys thank you so much for your time i've really enjoyed the conversation good luck with the uh, good luck with the reopening this saturday i hope well, it goes really well awesome. cheers rob bye bye thanks guys for the next few weeks bye. we have interviews with pig love pipeline and london beer factory if you enjoyed today's episode i hope you decide to subscribe to the podcast so you receive each episode automatically every tuesday morning if you enjoy the podcast please tell your friends and leave us a review in your podcast app it really helps others to discover the show And I'll put a link in the show notes, but that web address is everyonewelcomeinitiative.com, right?